The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wimbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. 
You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow BetMFC. It's at BetMFC. That's at BetMFC. You can follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can also follow the Twitter account, the Instagram account, and the TikTok account for LockBetting.com. It's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. The pin tweet on Twitter is always the PL from the previous month, so you can currently look them up for December, which features all the World Cup futures. Moving on with this edition of Bet MUC. Looking back at that Arsenal game, obviously the last two results have been derailing. I think we can sharp sharp regarding any talk of winning the league this year or even challenging for it. I think the best thing Manchester United could do would be to finish in the top four, preferably in third place and actually finally get their hands on a trophy. Obviously, they are in pole position, according to the books, to win the EFL Cup. We'll talk more about that later, as we are going to preview the game against Nottingham Forest. But I think we need to very much remember what we wanted at the start of the season. We are coming off a horrendous and embarrassing season last year, where we signed Varane, Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo, and were supposed to kick on from finishing second the season before and ended up finishing sixth. We had that entire Ronaldo fiasco. We had uh, Varane underperforming last season, Sancho underperforming last season. None of the signings worked other than Ronaldo. And then suddenly we had Ronaldo in the summer wanting to leave. So what we had is a £45 million player in Varane, a £72 million player in Sancho not playing well. And um, our main player from last season wanting to leave in the summer. It didn't look like the best squad for Eric Ten Hag to inherit. Obviously, two of the things that he did right was getting rid of Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard. But if you look at last season's squad and look at this season's squad, you would argue that the, the squad was stronger in terms of what Eric Ten Hag inherited. But he has added players to it. Martinez and Casemiro have definitely been tip-top signings. Anthony is yet to find his feet, but um, I believe he's getting a lot of harsh criticism. He's already chipped in with five goals. It is his first season. He does need to develop physically he does need to get used to the Premier League but let's not remember let's all remember sorry how Cristiano Ronaldo was himself in his first season before he started to light up and I do see potential in Anthony I'm just a little bit worried that he's not as quick as um, as we thought he was going to be and when he does a trick he needs to actually use that trick to beat a player there's no point doing a trick when you're one-on-one with a player and then not not doing anything with that trick. It's the trick is done there to to beat somebody, and then to either get a ball in or get a shot off or or whatever. I don't see that in Anthony right now. I see somebody who's who's very talented and very tricky, but he's not utilising that to get Manchester United in an advantageous position. But I think that will come. I think he's a decent player. I trust Eric Ten Hag. I trust the process. But we are in a process, and we do need to remember at the start of the season. As a United fan, what would you have taken? Would you have taken get us getting back in the top four, considering we were sixth favourites to get into the top four, considering Tottenham were odds on to finish in the top four? Would you now take the top four? Would you take upsetting the odds, according to the books, finishing above Liverpool this season, finishing in the top three, and even winning a trophy? Would you have taken that at the start of the season? Absolutely you would. So, Let's not get carried away with everything now. Um, I think the Arsenal game exposed a couple of things. Number one, we aren't getting any decisions at all. Um, I don't think it helps that there is this universal hatred across the league from from away fans for Bruno Fernandes. And that seems to have um, passed itself on to referees. He's not getting anything. Um, and then once something contentious happens in the game and he runs up to referees' faces and argues about it, 
Um, I don't think that's going to sway VAR to change their decision. They're more likely to stay with the referee. So Bruno needs to, Bruno needs to look at himself in that category. But I do think there is too much hate and I do believe it's affecting decisions. United should have had decisions in that game, should have had a penalty. That was not given. So that's my first takeaway. Um, actually, in the second, I've got three takeaways. The second takeaway I want to mention is we were never going to win that game. We were never going to win that game given the position that we was put in, having to play in midweek after an emotional Manchester derby. We were always set up to lose points against Crystal Palace. Not only did we lose points albeit via a stoppage time free kick, which was incredible from Elise. We then lost Casemiro, who's been our key player this season. The difference, the key difference between this season and last season, other than getting rid of Ronaldo and, and certain players overperforming with the coaching of Eric Ten Hag, has been the fact that Casemiro has come in. He sorted out that number six position and he has been absolutely world-class. And to lose him immediately made us significant underdogs against Arsenal. Now, the line didn't shift too much. It moved from minus 110 to minus 120. But I immediately knew that maybe we weren't going to lose that game, but our chances of winning that game had completely diminished with the loss of Casemiro. And obviously that was due to the fact that we played the extra game. The extra game also put the the other players at a disadvantage because everybody was tired. So the Premier League got what they wanted there. They they got Arsenal winning. Um, I've, I've said on other shows, I think it's a positive for the Premier League if Arsenal win the league. It shows that anybody can win the league. Um, it's not like Leicester either because Arsenal are a well-supported team worldwide. They've got Premier League heritage and history. And they've just done a documentary with Amazon, something I don't believe that you could convince Manchester United to do. That documentary has gone all across the world. And um, it's a good feel-good story. It's a good advertisement for the Premier League if Arsenal win. And um, the scheduling this week reflected that. And that was extremely unfair on Manchester United, as were the decisions in the game. Now, the third point, and this is critical of Manchester United, where I think Man United need to take some responsibility we do not have a good enough squad to challenge for the league. Once you lose Casemiro and once you lose Diego Dallo, you are bringing in Wambasaka and um, and Scott McTominay. And whilst they have performed in certain games, this was an elite game against an elite level opponent, and McTominay was totally out of his depth. And Wambasaka too was out of his depth. Out of his depth, you could see he was at fault for two of the goals, both goals by Eddie Nketiah. He did not stop the cross coming in for the winner. And um, Nketiah ended up scoring the winner inside the box. And uh, he did not mark Eddie Nketiah for the opener. So Wambasaka, he's, he's put up as this um, as this great tackling, great, great defender who needs to sort out his attacking element of the game. Well, as far as I'm concerned, his defending is not up to an elite level either. Um, I spoke about McTominay being out of his depth. One of the other things I noticed there as well is in big games, I don't think that you can play Christian Eriksen in the holding role. So far, it's worked very well. Um, it's given us an extra attacker in transition because Ericsson can do that job of, of holding players up. Um, he can get back, he can do the work, he can hold players up and then when he gets the ball, he can be a baller, he can spray the ball around, he can quickly turn attack into defence and he's key there. But when it comes to him holding players up like Arsenal, when it comes to him um, marking Bakayo Saka on the attack and Luke Shaw uh, drifting off and taking the runner, that cannot happen. Even Luke Shaw has to has to leave his defensive role and come higher up the pitch to take on Saka and do a man-to-man job on him, allowing Eriksen to drop in or allowing the centre-back to take more responsibility. Or, 
you need to have a more solid central defence midfielder in this position. I was very surprised that they didn't actually go with McFred. Um, I think for big games, I would like to actually see Fred and Casemiro, the um, the two Brazilians who know how to play with each other, playing in the midfield positions with Bruno in front of him. I thought that works well against Manchester City. We didn't give Man City anything. And in this game, we seem to be dominated for large periods. So I'm not saying it's um, it's all down to the referees. I'm not saying it's all down to scheduling. Arsenal did play better than us. You you don't have to be blind to see that. You can look at the statistics, look at the shots, look at the expected goals, look at the uh, look at the area the ball was in. Arsenal were the better team, but ultimately the win was a result of tiredness towards the end of the game. Manchester United really didn't play that second half. And the fact that a lot of decisions did go their way. But um, overall, if you're, if you're very into stats, Arsenal did deserve to win the game. I'm not complaining that Manchester United were robbed or anything. But we do need to address these positions. To, to have Weghorst and Eriksen and Dalla uh, and uh, Wan-Bissaka and McTominay all on the pitch here definitely weakened us here for this game. We need stronger players in those positions. We need a CDM who can come in and play alongside Casemiro. I think Fred can do a job alongside Casemiro. He's done it for Brazil. It's good enough for them. It's good enough for us. I think Diego Dallo's a big miss. I think he gives us a lot more in attacking sense. And I actually think he could be developed into a better defender than Wan-Bissaka. And um, I'm not sure why we're playing Weghorst because we've played Weghorst in two games so far. We've got five points. Um, it doesn't work with the number nine for us. It didn't work with Cristiano. I don't know why we've gone back to it. So hopefully we do end up going with a more pace-orientated front three. Ideally, um, Anthony, Martial and Rashford. Martial gets injured a lot. I'm wondering if there's a centre-forward in Anthony, at least temporarily. And maybe there's a way to integrate Jaden Sancho back into the team. Because obviously that is a top player that we signed who has lost his confidence as a result of... I mean, Man United were the worst victims of the penalty shootout that England lost because suddenly Rashford, Saka and um, and Sancho missed. Saka didn't seem to be affected by it and just seemed to become better. And Rashford and Sancho's performances just went down the toilet, especially Sancho. They seem to return different players. Uh, and Sancho's never really recovered. At least we're seeing a prime version of Marcus Rashford now, who is still being compared to Kylian Mbappe. As I said last time, I wouldn't go that far. Marcus Rashford is a confidence player. And um, I mean, he's talked a lot about his mental health and things like that and, and is an advocate for that. And I think that can go both ways because if you very much believe in mental health, then I think your mental health can can easily be affected by a couple of bad performances. It only takes some bad misses, a goal drought, two, three games, he doesn't score. And um, we could be seeing a, a, a poor version of Marcus Rashford suddenly. He needs to show that consistency where he can miss chances, have a bad game, not affected by it, bounce back straight away. Haven't seen that from Marcus yet. What I have seen is a phenomenal run where he continues to score and hopefully that just continues from now and the end of the season. But that's not realistic. There'll be a dot, there'll be a dip, there'll be a bad game and we'll see how Marcus responds to that. So let's move on to the game against Nottingham Forest. Let's have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag had to say about the upcoming semi-final first leg. Sunday was frustrating. How have the team reacted and how important would be making a first final at Manchester United be for this team's progress? Um, we, leave, uh, we left it behind. Uh, we set the right conclusions and then we have to move forward and, and quickly because tomorrow is a big game. So focus on that. You were without a few players at the weekend. Will, will any of them be back and 
James Sancho's been back in training. Is there a chance we see him tomorrow, or, or perhaps is it going to be the Reading game or, or some other time? No, uh, all the players who are not available for um, Arsenal game, so that lot. Martial, Sancho are even, uh, also not available for tomorrow. How important is a trophy? A lot of people talk about top four, this club wants to qualify for the Champions League and play in the Champions League. How important is winning a trophy? It's about that. It's about winning trophies. And so um, we have a good opportunity, but you have to go from game to game. So now we play uh, Forest, uh, two legs, so focus on the first leg and don't think further don't think further ahead uh, because that will distract and so the only aim for tomorrow is win that game they, they've got a good record recently and also at home they seem to do very well the atmosphere is quite intense have you been told about the city ground and have you been told about the last time Manchester United played there Oh yeah, it was a long time ago eh, that United played there, but I think yeah, we liked it um, when yeah, a fanatic audience uh, is nice to play for, uh, it will be a good atmosphere and I think that will motivate the players and yeah, we have to get ready for that. Uh, Eric, you were a little critical of your side's defending and conceding three goals at Arsenal on Sunday. Luke Shaw said after the game as well that they were a bit lax. Is that a, a major area of concern that you've been focusing on now? Mm, no, <laughs> because I think a lot of games we did uh, very well. We, had, we have a lot of uh, clean sheets against um, Man City. Uh, we defended very well. I think, in general, also in um, Arsenal, we defended very well. I don't think they get clean shots. Uh, there was only one thing. One one time was from a free kick. Um, but for the rest, it were uh, only yeah, shots, good picks, shots from distance. There were a lot of defenders from us in between the ball and the goal. And that's what I meant after all the goals were avoidable. And so it can't happen. And that was my point, that you concede uh, three goals. Um, when you concede three goals in a top game, then it's really difficult to win a game. And uh, that's what's happened. So that is one of the conclusions. So it can't happen. And, uh, we set that conclusion. We talked about We showed them. Um, uh, we have to learn and to take this lesson. You've got an awful lot of matches at the moment. Um, eight matches in February. There's only 28 days in the month. Do you prefer it that way? Um, obviously, it means you're successful. But is that an impact on training and you being able to work better with the players? Um, as you said, it is obviously we are successful and we are in a good direction. Uh, not successful, uh, successful for the moment because uh, in, in January you don't win trophies. Not even in February, but in March we can win one. So we have to, to aim for that and go for that. And, but it's more about getting in the right positions when it's April uh, to go for trophies. Hi, Eric. Could you tell us what kind of a, an effect it had on you when you won your first trophy as a manager and the kind of effect that had on, on your team as well in terms of the leap of where did you go? Oh, missed the best feeling. 
what you can have um, winning a trophy. Um, and yeah, I had to look in my career uh, to, to win uh, some trophies. And, um, and it's uh, magnificent, and especially for the fans. Um, is it so great? And I think the fans here, um, they have some experience, especially the older ones. But and now, yeah, it's a period Manchester United didn't win trophies, and it's um, yeah, too long ago. So we are aware of that fact, and we have to do everything to to bring a trophy in. Yeah. So one correction to Eric Ten Hag there: if we do get to the final of this competition, it is decided in February. It's decided in the final weekend of February. So. Obviously, to take what he said there and and sort of dissect it, it is better that we are playing all these games because it means we are successful. It means that we are in every single competition. And obviously, that would be the preference of every Man United fans to be in this semi-final and to still be in the FA Cup and to be in the Europa League and to be in the top four rather than being out of anything. So we're the only team who are battling on four fronts. But it would definitely be a relief once we can get past this part of the schedule. It doesn't help that this semi-final is two legs. Let's have a look at this first leg now where Manchester United travel to Nottingham Forest. And United are the 9-13 to favourites to win on the money line. It's 3-1 to on the draw and it's 19-4 to here on Nottingham Forest. It's quite a short price on United to be honest because... This is a difficult place to go. I would usually be swerving away from this and trying to find an alternative play. I do think we could see under two and a half goals here like we did last night with the other semi-final because semi-finals can be tight and cagey and it could be something that's more so decided in the second leg. But ultimately, off the back of no wins in two during last week, last last week and midweek and, and the result at the weekend. I do believe Manchester United need to bounce back. And under this manager, we do tend to find a bounce back. People need to remember United have only lost twice in the 19 games that returning Casemiro has actually started in. So when Casemiro plays, we've only lost two games and he plays today. Um, we have the quality here to see off Nottingham Forest, no doubt about it. Um, Dean Henderson missing in goal is huge. Henderson on loan from Man United cannot play for Nottingham Forest, therefore they have to bring in a sub-keeper. And for those of you that have watched Nottingham Forest this season, he has been absolutely key. I think Nottingham Forest could be capable of scoring a goal tonight, which is what puts me off the, the under. Both teams have scored in eight of Man United's last 10 away games and in five of Nottingham Forest's last eight matches in all competitions. So the stats do lean more towards both teams finding the net here than they, than they, than they don't. But at the same time, as I said, this is a semi-final. This can add an element of caginess to it. For me, I believe that Manchester United will get the win. And as I said, the price is short. But I think given the situation, I would probably take United here to win this first leg at anything better than 4-6 to six minus 150. I believe they would like to be in the same position at Newcastle, got themselves in yesterday, winning away to Southampton and putting themselves in a strong position for the second leg at home. United, if they can do the job tonight, they may even be able to think about actually resting some players for next week's game. I mean, we could give players a full week of, I don't think we need to see Marcus Rashford playing against Reading. And if we do the job here... We don't see need to see Marcus Rashford playing next week. So someone like Rashford can get a full week of rest. 
Varane can get a full week of rest. Casemiro doesn't have to play both of those games against Reading and Nottingham Forest in the second leg. But it's important to get the job done tonight. I think any win from Manchester United puts us in a strong enough position. I don't see Nottingham Forest beating any version of Manchester United at Old Trafford. What it's important to do is not get beaten here, say 2-0 like Tottenham did, a game I went to earlier on in the season, and put ourselves up against it for the second leg. So my main lean here for this game is a simple one. Manchester United on the money line at the price of 9-13. to That's it for me and this edition of BetMFC. I'll be back at the weekend to look at the game against Reading. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.